G'day guys and girls and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian and as always on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How you doing today bud? Uh, surprisingly good actually considering how bad a week it was for scores. Yeah, it was a horror week of AFL fantasy wasn't it? But I'm kind of, is it bad that I feel a little bit up and about because my bad week wasn't as bad as everyone else's bad week? Well I feel exactly the same so we, we just got lucky with our captaincy choices I think which we'll get into Pretty later much, in the yeah. podcast but... Uh, yeah, there was a lot of carnage this week. There was a lot of late outs on Friday. There was a lot of just poor scores from would-be yeah. premium players. It was a weird, weird, weird round. Yeah, it was strange. And the Twitter sphere was going off today. The twi- I mean, I'm just excited to be back in the Twitter sphere. I finally seen Endgame, and I saw uh, the uh, <laughs> the most recent episode of Game of Thrones only a few days ago. So. I can safely go back on social media, which is great. Yeah, uh, we are going to dive straight into the first game of round seven, uh, which was Collingwood versus the Power. And this one here, it was—I mean, it was pretty much done and dusted in the first fifteen minutes. Collingwood jumped out to a massive that lead. Was, yeah, they—they uh, they just got on top of them. They were too early good, and then just did what they needed to too to keep good. the game going. And Collingwood did that <laughs> classic Collingwood thing of just getting a ridiculous amount of good fantasy scores. So they had. Well over mm. 10 players score over 96 at minimum, so with 7 over 100. So, Steel Sidebottom, Scott Pendlebury, Trelaw, you know, these are the guys that we normally talk about. Yep. I do want to bring up Trelaw just for a little bit, yeah. because Adams went down with an injury, and that looks like an injury which could set him out for a few weeks at least. I saw an update this afternoon. Okay. So initially, they thought it was just muscle, and they've now done some scans. It's tendon, so they're expecting it'll be a month. Oh, okay. So, we know how how well Adam Trelaw scores when Adams is out of the side. And that was even evident in this game. When when Adams was in the game, Trelaw was scoring, you know, average, quite poorly. And he bolted out of the gate as soon as Adam was, was on the sidelines. It's just the extra midfield time that it allows him to get. He spends less time on a wing or on half-forward flank and more time in the centre getting the ball. And it's just one less mouth to feed, realistically. So, Adam Trelaw is a great trade-in target this week if you don't have him, because over the next month, he is going to go ballistic. Yeah, so he's 763k, um, break-even of 118. So... I think he's going to beat that I easily this week. I reckon he will, week. actually. He's, he's got uh, Carlton this week. Oh, he's going to giving smash up it. Some big scores to midfielders. I'm, I'm, I mean, if you bring in Adam Trelaw this week, that's a great captaincy option for you. Absolutely. Straight away, there's Absolutely. going to be a quick reward. Um, um, you'll need a bit of cash to do it if you if you want to go up from an Adams or someone else that's been underperforming. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, if you did yeah. bring in Adams last week, a lot of people did. Uh, Trelaw, yep. as a swap, if you can get the cash to do that, is, a, need, is a really good you option. You need 140k, though. Yeah, but you, you can get that. I mean, surely you've got a Parker or Drew or someone like that sitting there near about your interchange bench. Oh, and yeah. You can downgrade them to a, uh, a rookie price player to get the cash to do that. Um, some of the other players that did really well. Crisp, it was a good week for him, but he's probably yep. going to have a bad week next week, knowing Crisp. Um, I think he's not going one and one. He's going like he goes three two and, and one. Yeah, he's... he's Two weeks on, one week off, basically. Um, but that one week off, he'll get like a mid-40s score. It's, oh, it's not It's not like a, an 80s or something that you can deal it's with. It's a horrible one. But he is only a draft guy, so you put up with those. Yeah. You, well, you have to put up with them, don't you? Because his ceiling is just so high. Yes. Yeah. Such a good... Speaking of ceilings, Tom Phillips has just been going in like leaps and bounds mm. this year. He's doing mm. very, very well, averaging just under 100. Now, this guy is one who's going to benefit in years to come. He's going to be a future fantasy star. Uh, probably in two to three years' time, he's going to be selected in most people's teams. You know, when the 
Scott Pendlebury's and Steel Sidebottoms of the world as they start to get a bit older and uh, whether they retire or whether they just play less in the midfield, uh, he is going to be a huge fantasy player for Keeper League owners. Absolutely. Now, is there anyone else from Collingwood you want to bring up? Or, I mean, this was just one of those games where they dominated. Uh, they regularly do. We know the guys from Collingwood that are going to score well week to week. Um, ben Reed coming back in uh, almost did well. I mean, he kicked one goal four <laughs> and could have been a much better performance. He's one to keep an eye on and your waiver wires. I... He scores well when he's on the park, but he's always injured. That's he, the a, issue. he's always injured. B, he came in for Mason Cox. So, and they prefer they preferred Cox in that role because I, I think he offers more as the um, the Rockman. A lot of experts are saying that of the three, because Mason Cox will come back into that mm. side, Majacek, Reed, and Cox, that they think that Majacek might get dropped despite how good Majacek has been over the last year and a half. Um, with Is and there they'll, any particular they'll test reason that. for that? No, that's just, you know, Jimmy Bartell said that on Access All Areas today, and he's generally a footy brain that I trust. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd just be curious to know their reasoning. That's I, I think you can't play all three in the one side. I wouldn't have suggested. No, uh, but the, the fact that they have preferred Majacek and... Well, Majacek's just played so because far. everyone's been injured. Like, Ben Reed's just been constantly injured, so he's mm-hmm. never played. Um, he is a best 22 player when he's up and about. I don't think he's left in the uh, in the reserves yeah, if he's fit. Be interesting to see. I think it's a bit harsh on Majacek. He's been doing a really uh, good don't job. Don't get me wrong. I 100% agree. Majacek's been a fantastic player. I mean, even in fantasy, he's pelted out a couple of 110s here and there. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. someone has to get dropped. Uh, all right. I, I think I've, I wouldn't be looking at Reid on the, the waivers. Oh, I'd be tempted. If he's, play, no. if he's playing, I'd be tempted. But you just got to realise that he's got to be your last guy and he has to be droppable at... You know, at any instant because he is likely to get an injury. But mm. when he's on the park, he does score well. Yeah, I'm not convinced that he'll be on the park. Oh, that's a. Uh, we'll watch the team sheets next week. All right, Port Adelaide. Uh, what caught your eye out of the Port Adelaide side, Matt? Um, well, Westhoff was good. But well, we've got... West... <laughs> that's about it. It's. I mean, Boak did what he's been doing all yeah. year. He's been terrific. Just um, he's he's not quite a perma captaincy option. But he's, he's close to it. He's a perma vice captaincy option he's, at the moment. He's an absolute champ. And um, yeah, I, I think it, we don't really need to cover off on Boke. He's just getting the job done each and every week. Yeah. Um, we've got a question about Westhoff, so we'll probably talk about him well, later. We'll leave on. that until later in the podcast. Uh, um, I think the main thing is is all the rookies. Yeah, and there's a lot of port rookies. Yeah, so last week we um, said that we'd have a bit of a look at the rookies over the, the, uh, the week and give a bit of a ranking of which ones we think you should move on. Uh, we're not going to sit down and do an actual list ranking because that'll take us too long. But as we get to them, we'll cover off on them. Um, and quite conveniently, there's a lot of them in this There are game. a lot of Port Adelaide rookies. So just to talk about some of them, obviously we've got Butters, we've got Drew, we've got Rosie, and we've got Dersma. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we actually had a little bit of an argument about this before the podcast, <laughs> but we're both obviously on the side of Butters needs to go. Yeah. And he is still so, owned I'll, I'll by... backtrack slightly. Mm-hmm. So when we, when we did a list of all the... Rookies, there were probably about seven or so that we went, these are ones you probably should be looking at moving on sooner rather than later. And that contains all four of those um, port rookies. Yeah, they need to go at some point. And and that's based on two main things for me. It's the break-even versus their average, and it's also the fact that ports have got the first buy round, so round 12. So you can't hold all of them. And if you've started with one, you've probably started with two or three of them. And you've probably had other things to do besides them, so you probably still have them all. 
So that first buy round, you're going to cop a hit. So now's a good time to start moving one or two of them on if mm-hmm. you can. You don't need to do them all in one week, but you can do them sooner rather than later, as you said. So yeah. the uh, Butters was our consensus, number one. You need to get rid of him first. And yeah. I know what you're saying, you know, hasn't everyone got rid of Butters? He's still owned by almost 15% of the competition. Yep. So those players or those coaches need to move him on. Yeah. So his break-even 65, he's only averaging 56. Oh. Yeah, he does need to be moved. Mm-hmm. Now for us, uh, it was a bit of a 50-50 toss-up almost. I was on the side of Drew, you were on the side of Rosie with who needs to go out next. Um, now I was uh, on the side that Rosie needed to go first. You were more on the side that Drew needs to go first, but I think we yep. could safely say that either or is either okay. Or. For, for me, I just... Rosie's high ceiling is more appealing to me than watching Drew slog and graft his way to to a 60 or a 65. And for me, the fact that Rosie's break-even is up over 60 now, mm. which is closer to his average than Drew's is to his average, um, I am much more comfortable just eking out that little bit of extra cash and not running the risk of Rosie going below his break-even. Um, and then Dersma was the last one, because Dersma does still have the ability to score well, yeah. and his break-even is low. It's below 50 at 45. He's got the lowest break-even. Exactly. Four, so. And he's averaging just a touch over 70 as well, so he's safe enough to play on your field most weeks. So yeah. he's getting Getting close to that break even, reaching his average. However, mm-hmm. you can safely keep him for another few weeks at least. Maybe he's that one port guy that you can hold until the first week of the buy. I think he is, yeah. yeah. But the other three, if you've still got them, I'd be looking to have them gone before the buy if possible. 100 And just looking at those percentages again, Drew is currently in 57% of teams and Rosie's in 26% of teams. Yeah, 100%. So Drew in particular, I think, is going to be dropping a lot of the next fortnight. All right, we'll cross over to the next game of the round, which was the Demons versus the Hawks. This one was Before a- we do, Ooh. do you just very want to quickly touch on Rockcliffe? Not really. Rockcliffe sucks. We move on. <laughs> now, I, I mean, I, I was on board for Rockcliffe when before that concussion issue and now I ever since he came back I haven't really considered him to be honest right. for from a salary cap point of view he's what still about good if you've still got him if you've still got him would I'd you move. be moving him on or would you be not panicking and holding it depends some of the other issues you have in your team uh, look if you're dealing with uh, an actual injury if uh, Lockie Whitfield for example doesn't get up again this week which hopefully he does for most people in the competition who held um, you know, if you're dealing with some of these guys who've got really high break-evens, then I would be looking at moving them on first. But I don't mind get the idea of getting rid of Rockliffe because Port got off to a cracking start because and the younger players really starred. But they've slowed down and Rockliffe has slowed down with them. This is Rockliffe's first bad game since he had that concussion. Mm. Has, still... has, he got, has he gone monstrous or has he done okay so in that he time? he got concussed in round three. Yep. In round four, he went 132. Yep. Then he went 94, 107, and 69 this week. Mm. So, he's owned no, by... so his last three, 94, 107, and 69. Does that sound like a guy you want to keep in your team? Uh, um, considering that they've lost a couple of those games quite handily, I'm... Yeah, uh, it's a it's yeah, a tough call. It's a tough call. I I wouldn't be holding him, but if if you're on board with Matt, it's it's not the worst hold in the world. Let's just say that. But no, I'd be getting rid of him myself. Well, he's owned by thirty three percent of teams. Still. That's a lot. So if you've got him, you can safely fall back on the fact that a lot of the competition I, I, has I'm him. I'm not their panicking side. at this stage. I think, like you said, you're going to have bigger issues to worry about than Rockliffe. Yeah, fair call. Um, all right, Melbourne and the Hawks. Classic game. This one went right down to the wire in the end. Uh, a great game. Demons got up in the end, and Maxi Gorn does it again. I mean, we don't talk about him much because he is just a locked and loaded one of the top two rucks in the comp. 
but we just like to give him props every now and then. 121 is great. Um, and James Harms has been stepping up this year. From a draft point of view, owners would be through the... Uh, he's out, a great over the draft guy. He's, he's looked so good. <laughs> um, I don't want to mention the third guy on this list, because... Who? Michael Hibbard. <laughs> Michael Hibbard cracked the ton, Matt. I think Michael Hibbard has had two or three good weeks, to be honest. <laughs> and he's been playing that almost midfield tagging style. Um, yeah. With a player who has the ability to play through the midfield and down back. So he's getting up closer to where the ball is. Are you willing to take a shot on Michael Hibbert in any format? Like, oh, if he's still oh. on a draft uh, waiver list, I don't mind the idea of going and picking him he's up. He's actually, I, I checked today, he's a mid-50s percentage ownership in Ultimate Ooh. Footy. So there's a lot of leagues where he's available. Um, so he went 100 against Hawthorne this week, 44 against Richmond the week before, and oh, 72 God. against St. Kilda the week before. So he's had that. one good week. He's had one good week and one so-so week. But Melbourne have got Gold Coast this week. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, he'd be a really good streaming option yeah. in drafts this week. No, that's he's a, a little call. bit too heavily owned for us to use as a risk-it-for-the-biscuit this week, mm-hmm. but... A great streaming option, yeah. I think. Uh, Jay Lockhart cracked a ton for the first time in his career. That was absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, most people would have had him on the bench, either as an emergency or not even listed as an emergency. Yep. Um, if you don't own him, his break-even is incredibly low at the moment. Negative what is it? 14. Negative 14. So you can quite comfortably, even though he's 281k, still go out and grab him this week if it makes you some cash. Absolutely. And because he's playing Gold Coast, I'd be pretty comfortable he's going to score well. And he does kick goals every now and then as well, so yep. he's not a bad option to have in there. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't... Would I play... Actually, would you play him on your field over the likes of, say, for example, Scrimshaw, when Scrimshaw's back from being managed? Ooh, that is a tough one. Yeah. Scrimshaw plays GWS this week. Yeah. All right, here's here's a list, okay? So you've got one spot. Yep. Now, there's... uh, And you've got to choose who to play on the field out of Lockhart, Scrimshaw, and Sydney Stack. That's it's a tough question. There's a lot of defensive rookies who are really getting it done at it's the moment. The, kind of the one place where we actually do have some good rookies. Yeah, I mean Marty Hoare, He's I I haven't included him in that list because he's pretty much just permanently on my field at the moment. He put he's up scoring that well. Week, yeah, I think I would go. Oh, just because they're playing Gold Coast, I'd go Lockhart, then Stack, then, then Scrimshaw. Scrimshaw. Yeah, fair call. Scrimshaw has been managed, so. He could come back and be a little bit out of sorts, or he could come back with that extra bit of he energy. He could come back and smash it this way. Mm. I think I'd be comfortable playing any of them, yeah. but if I had to choose one, that's probably the order I'd go. It's just rookie roulette. That's the uh, the name of the game at the moment, and I missed out on almost 100 points by having Lockhart on the bench over some of the other players I chose, yeah. as well as um, you know playing Hayes on the field as opposed to uh, mm. a couple of others. And yeah, it's, it's just a little bit of luck when it comes to rookies at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, we mentioned Hoare, who's a big one. Uh, Angus Brayshaw. Yeah. Now, we've got a question about him as well, I think. We do. All right. We'll, so leave, him, we we'll him? leave him to the questions segment because yep. we want to uh, make sure we acknowledge the uh, the listener who sent that in. But let's just say we're not happy with Angus Brayshaw. Oh, really not. Uh, you're a Keeper League owner. You're. A, I think you're a uh, Man, redraft owner as well. I've got him in virtually well. every league I'm in. And you I've are. got him in redraft. I've got him in Keeper. I've got him in Salary Cap. You would not be a happy man at the moment. No, no, I'm not. Fair call. All right, we'll move on from there, and I think we'll move over to the Hawks side of the ledger. Um, Shields, Gunston, great draft guys, nothing more, but they were superb. Yeah. Warple is still getting enough things done to justify keeping in the side. Look, Warple you can hang on to for a long time. Yeah, just because he's scoring well enough and he has the ability to go over 100. Look, his <clears> break-even is 
79. Pretty, yeah, and it's pretty close to what he's scoring most weeks as well, but he's yep. not going to go down. Yep. So break-even is 79, average of 89. <clears throat> so it's within 10, but looking at the forward line, who are you going to replace him with? Exactly. You're yeah. quite comfortable playing him. Oh, some, he's, he's doing better than a lot of the, the premiums out someone there. I'm going to talk about a little bit later, and it hurts my soul, but <laughs> I'm going to bring him up. Um, now, we, we go a little way down the list, and someone that I talked about last week, Jaeger O'Meara. Yeah, you were quite staunch, yeah, quite staunch on the fact that he could definitely be a top eight midfielder at the end. I maintain of the year. he could still be a top eight mid- midfielder. Now, did you watch most of this game, or did you just keep an eye on the scores? I drifted in and out of it. I was doing stuff. Okay, so I was watching most of this game quite closely. Now he smashed it in the first quarter. He had about mm. forty three or forty seven James harm to him, or James harms to him as a loose lockdown tag, mm. pretty much like you know Jack Steele does as well from uh, yep. from St Kilda. Not a hard hutching sort of tag, but just a loose one. Mm-hmm. He just yeah. and he went on to score eighty three as a result. So in the last three quarters, he scored forty odd points after forty three at the start. And it Hawthorne, is definitely a And time. Hawthorne lost this game because after the first quarter, they were ahead by about twenty points. Mm-hmm. And I told you last week that O'Meara, if you stop O'Meara, they don't have a midfield. You, yeah, they like, really don't. So, an, or a high enough AFL quality midfield to really break open games. You know what I mean? So, I'm not super keen on O'Meara because he's going to attract every single tag every week. If there's a team that tags, he's going to get it. Well, he's going to struggle next week because he's got DeBoer. Exactly. He's got DeBoer from GWS. So, he, and he's got, from memory, he's got a couple of clear weeks after that. Yeah. But that is going to be a tough week, I reckon, next week. Um, and one last one I want to bring up just before we move on. James Sicily. A down week from him. He's had a lot of down weeks this year. Really struggling to see where he fits into the pack of defenders at the moment. Because I had him in my top six at the start of the year as a top six defender. So like, firmly. I, but I'm not convinced he's going to be no. there. He I'm looking might. at Hearn and Shepard and players. Even like Shepard had a bad still getting Salem. the job done. Yeah, you could put Caleb Daniel in. Caleb there. Daniel, 100 percent week. I'm almost thinking Lloyd has had more solid scores across I'd the year. 100 percent taking Lloyd over. So him. yeah, there's. Um, sorry, not Lloyd. What am I doing? Not sorry, not Lloyd. Um, Zach Jones. Zach Jones. Oh okay. yeah, uh, I'd. Ooh. Yeah, Lloyd. Obviously, he's the number one defender in the league. But Jones, Jones has been more yeah. consistent over the year. Um, he could, yeah, I think I probably would as well. Yeah. I mean. I'm just not sure yeah. where he falls into the pack. It's it's a tough one with James Sisley. I wouldn't be looking at him in salary cap at the moment, that's for sure. No, me neither. Uh, he's a hold in draft leagues, though, because you're just going to lose value on him. There's yeah, there's agreed. no point in trading him at the moment. If you know a coach that owns him and is really frustrated, go out and try and nab him, because he may turn this around at any moment, and he does still have a high ceiling for a defender. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, next game of the round, unless you've spotted something. Nope. All right, GWS, St. Kilda... I mean, this was another absolute smashing, but mm. really good for fantasy because oh, yeah. there's, a, there's a number of guys on the giant side. There's a lot of fantasy-relevant guys there. Hugely fantasy-relevant fantasy team. And Zach Williams is finally getting it done. He's had two or oh, three geez. great weeks. You'd uh, you'd hate to have traded him out. Yeah, then, I was trying to think of a way of saying that without um, sounding like a dick to people. Oh, did, I, I think we kind of just have to sound like dicks because... There was that week, I think it was after week four, when a lot of people traded Zach Williams out to get um, yeah. uh, Lockie Whitfield. Round four, he went. He got 53. And Lockie, and they, they spent a lot of money to bring in Lockie Whitfield, and since then... 101, 87, 112. And, and Lockie Whitfield has missed a week with a corky after a really poor week the week before, yeah. after suffering that injury. And, you know, who knows what will happen when he comes back and he has a break-even of 173. I... I 
Go out on a limb and say he's not going to make it. No. Oh, I would <laughs> I would as well. But, you know, yeah. but after we, a corky, is he running as freely when he comes back? Oh, it depends. Well, it, it was the corkiest corky of all time, <laughs> so <laughs> probably not. Um, um, Williams' break-even is 50 as well, so he's still going up in price. And at some yeah. point, if he does drop off again, he'll be a perfect sideways trade for someone. Exactly. I mean, he may even be able to be sideways traded for Lockie Whitfield at some stage. Depending on how well he comes back from injury. Um, Nick Haynes was superb. So was Jeremy Cameron. Tim Taranto's just been getting it done all year. and he's yeah. Taranto's a great, unique option for salary cap. Oh, he's very holdable. 10% like, owned. Uh, he's absolutely holdable for most of the year. He might be one of your last upgraded guys to yeah. a true premium. I mean, he's performing like a true premium, but yeah. let's remember this is still his, what, third year? Uh, yeah, I think third, it's his I third think, year. Yeah. So, you know... Cut the guy some slack. He might not be quite enough to get you through fantasy finals. Um, And Hopper was much better this week. Um, Clearly, he needs that extra midfield time. Whitfield being out and Kelly being out did help. Hopper's had a pretty solid year from a draft perspective Mm -hmm. without being spectacular. Um, Kelly, a late out. Well, not a late out. It was announced on Friday. So that was fantastic for fantasy coaches. I wish every single AFL coach would do that. There have been a few coaches that have been doing that this year, which Mm -hmm. is really, really good. As much as we do bag some of the coaches... There's certain coaches that do it. We won't name names. But but certain coaches are really good, and they let people know early. They do. Um, Ken Hinckley in particular, very good at it. Yeah, Ken Hinckley's not too bad. Um, anyone else you want to bring up from there? Stephen Cornelio was down this week, but he was targeted by Steele when he was in the yep. midfield. And as a, whenever someone... The finger as well. Exactly. Whenever... Uh, Canelio does look like he's getting a tag for five minutes. They just throw him up forward, basically. Um, Kelly coming back into the side, Whitfield coming back into the side will free him up more. Don't worry about that. Canelio generally spends about a quarter of the game up forward regardless. He does, but like, for example, in the uh, the West Coast game against Hutchings, they just, as like, Hutchings tagged him for a quarter and they played him up forward pretty much for the entire game after that. Yeah, which isn't ideal. Um, All right, Saints side of the ledger. Oh, before you do, Hately. Oh, Hayley. I mean, love my boy. Love what I'm seeing of him, but his job security is nothing negative. Kelly and Whitfield coming back, he's He's the first one to go out, basically. Out of the team again. So, he's a rookie that don't go out and try and get him. He's not very highly owned, but Mm -hmm. don't be sucked in by the scores. He has no job security. Isaac Cumming basically goes out of that side for Whitfield, and Kelly and... Uh, Hately goes out of the side for Kelly. It's it's unfortunate yeah. because he just looks like an he's absolute an awesome gun. player. Yeah, um, he he's one of my boys. I own him in a keeper league. And I'm super stoked about it, as you can yeah, tell. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, geez, he he just looks like he's going to be a good fantasy player. He knows how to get the footy. Yeah, uh, he's going to be great. All right, Rowan Marshall, only Saints player to crack the ton this week. Uh, he just looks so good. I I feel like he's almost at the stage where we don't have to talk about him either we because we know he's going to be good. Week. Uh, 27 hitouts, two goals. He had three tackles in there. Uh, he had how many? 23 disposals as well on top yeah, of that. 20, 22, 23. No, just absolute gun. Getting the job in, getting the job done week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Too expensive in salary cap and already owned in drafts. So yeah. we move on. He played against Shane Mumford as well, who gave away something like no, he gave away nine free kicks for the game. It was so funny to watch <laughs> as well. I mean, just looking at the anger on his face. I love. Did you see the one where Mumford impeded someone with a fifty meter? And it turned into 100 metres. And he's literally like almost dancing in front of the guy as they're running. (laughs) He's too full of sausages to run. You can't expect him to get out of the way of the guy. He wasn't, but he wasn't not getting out of the way. He was like, he was actively like, 
Oh, trying man. to swerve in front of him so he couldn't get past. <laughs> All right, we'll go on to some of the other Saints players. Yeah. Um, there were some solid scores in there. Dean Kent, 98. Seb Ross, 86. That's not what you're looking for from him. No. Um, Billings, average score, 72. I still think he's a top six forward, but... Is your faith being shaken? Uh, well, well, put it this way. You're not going to have to have a very high average to make top six forward. No, that's true. Year. That is true. So, uh, yeah. That fifth and sixth spot are going to be... Yeah, bit yeah. of a lottery. Jack, Jack Billings, I think he'll still be one, but I mean, they got absolutely smashed this week. They've been more competitive most of the year, so hopefully they can be competitive again and he'll do better in those games. Yeah. Um, Matthew Parker, just quickly as well, you can still hold him for a little bit longer. So he's definitely down the list for us because his break even still 36. He's more of a slow burn guy. I, yeah. He hasn't quite made the cash that justifies trading him out yet. He's only 326k. I'd, I'd keep him for at least another month or so. Yep, agreed. Um, unless he has a game where he scores well below his break-even and just absolutely yeah, fails. Like if you've got nothing else to do, you can move him on. But, yeah, like you said, slow burn. Yeah, nothing too worrying there. Um, just quickly before we move on to the Brisbane-Sydney game, is Jade Gresham one of the worst choices that draft coaches would have made <laughs> this year? Because there was so much hype, and I'm one of those guys, I was... Definitely looking at Jade Gresham going into drafts as a guy yep. who was way undervalued, who I thought could Im- greatly improve his average this year. Yeah, he has just I done was, nothing. I was sucked in as well. And I know in our Keeper League top-up in particular, he the expectation was he was going to go top two or three. Yeah. I think he slid to mid to late second round. Yeah, he slid to about he slid pick 11 or 12, way. something like that. And... Yeah, I think that's well ahead of where he should have been yeah, taken given his average was, at the moment. Yeah. He's he's just not doing it. Billings has gone into that midfield role and Gresham just um, isn't finding the pill. If you if you own Gresham in a keeper league, which is really the only place he should be owned, you um, hold him. I'm still holding him because I, I I the stuff that got us excited in the off season mm-hmm. is still there. Yeah. It's just roll. Yeah, exactly. And that will come in time as he builds his tank and gets more midfield minutes. Yeah. Okay, so on to the Brisbane Swans game. I like seeing Brisbane win. Brisbane are like my second team at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, they're the they're second just, team. Uh, everyone has a second. I mean, your second team is Melbourne, mate, <laughs> because you own half of their team across fantasy leagues. This is true. Um, Can and- I deny that? Brisbane had some great fantasy scores in there as well. Dane Zorko getting it done this week was great. Steph Martin, back to his old scoring, 125, smashed Callum Sinclair. But Sinclair has been giving up points. He has, yeah. He's he's not a particularly great ruckman for uh, restricting his no. opposition, is he? No, um, not really. He, he does enough himself. I mean, Cal Sinclair scored 90 points, which was still a pretty solid mm. effort considering he didn't take a single mark for the game. Um but yeah, really Steph, good effort, Steph Martin was way on top of him this week. This was a pretty wet game. Marking was not yeah. easy. And Steph Martin did actually, like, he copped a lot of flack at the start of the year. He ran into guys like Grundy and Gorn quite early on. So yeah. he, he ran into the harder guys to ruck against quite early. Um, so you may see some bigger scores coming in the middle of the season. Uh, McCluggage is going to be an absolute Jet. fantasy gem. Jet. Uh, and, and angry man Mitch, uh, old <laughs> Robinson. Still, he's doing well this year. He... Probably is actually in the conversation as a top... A possible top six forward. Yeah, top eight, he's yeah. definitely in the conversation. As a POD, maybe, something like that. He might not average in the top six, but he might be that guy who could win you a final, like, with a yeah. good score. 
um, as, a, as a bit of a point of difference. Daniel Rich is in that conversation too. He's been outstanding in defense this year. Been re- very, very good. I think he's had one or two bad weeks, yeah, but he's been pretty been solid. Incredible. Uh, Lockie Neal cop the uh, the Hewitt tag, I think. Uh, was it Hewitt or someone else was looking after him this year? Yeah, day? he's dropped back a lot in the last couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, after that outstanding first month, he's he's another one that people might have traded, you know, the likes of Zach William down, for, down to a rookie to bring in Lockie Neal yeah. in the uh, midfield. And, oh, that's just got to hurt. And interestingly, as he gets tagged, Zorko's going bananas. Yeah. I, I'll say it once, or if I've said it once, I've said it again. Never pay, like, prices above 800000 for those sorts of players in the and, midfield because they'll have bad weeks and they'll come way back down in and price. This, that's probably a good segue for going off topic slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, this round, as much as it hurt a lot of people what the premiums put up on display this week... Yep. There are a lot of premiums that have got high break-evens now and that are going to be dropping in price in the next There's going to be so. some absolute bargains. Yep. Some real a bargains. A lot of guys that will be dropping from that 800-ish mark down, I yep. think. Uh, Noah Ainsworth uh, looked really solid again. He had the... Um, uh, what did he have? Uh, 60 points uh, mm-hmm. with... 14 disposals, 5 tackles in there, which was really good to see as well. I think he holds his spot. I think he holds his spot, but I don't think his job security is great. No. Um, And the thing that concerns me is, yes, he got uh, to 60, Mm -hmm. but he's not getting a lot of possessions. No. He's He's getting there through his tackles, and he only got the one mark this game, but I think he had a few last week. Yeah, I mean, if he can get those tackles, though, that almost keeps you in the side more so than getting cheap possessions out the back. Like, his job security will go up if he keeps that tackle count around five or six a game. And I guess the positive, he's got other ways to um, score fantasy points besides racking up the ball. But, I mean, I just... I mean, if, I'm not sold on his job security. No. Well, if he's named this week again, mm-hmm. and you don't own him, I don't own Noah Ainsworth, no, would neither. you consider bringing him in as a downgrade option? Because he is still 230-odd K. Absolutely. He's 237, break-even of negative 8, and he's a defensive midfielder as well. So no. he's a DPP. I mean, we've got a lot of those anyway. It doesn't matter too much, considering we've got Hall, Stack, Dersma, Lockhart. Yes, we've got four. with... Buys coming up, it could be handy to be able to flip guys around a little Very bit. Very well could be, yeah. So, uh, if you don't don't own him like we don't, would you I'd, consider bringing I'd him I'd definitely in? be looking at him. Yeah, I'm looking at him. And I'm, with the Bulldogs this week as well. I've the job security is the one thing that I'm a bit yeah. uncertain about. It's an issue, but it's one... Considering the amount of depth we've got to, as the rookies um, mm. in defence, yeah. I think we can justify bringing him in. And, and I think he's the perfect guy to bring in if you can't quite afford to bring Lockhart in. Yeah, 100%. He's about 45k cheaper. If, the, if that extra 45k gets you to a real gun, go for Ainsworth. Um, uh, Alright, so on the Swan side of the ledger, JPK was, was an absolute gun again this week. I mean... But it was a JPK game. Yeah, it, wet weather, slippery ball, lots Nine of tackles. tackles. Yep. That's, that's JPK written all over us. Yep. Um, Hewitt, Papley, a lot of these draft guys doing quite well. Lloyd eventually scrounged his way up to a respectable score. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Was he on like 40 points at three-quarter time? Pretty sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure he was on like 50, may- maybe something like that. He wasn't doing well what throughout the What the hell game. happened that last quarter? Lloyd did Lloyd things. He he got like three extra marks or a couple of extra marks randomly at the back. Um, Brisbane had to actually try and win this game because it was close-ish in the mm. third quarter. Um, so they loosened up that tag on him and he kicked a goal as well, which is unlike Jake Lloyd. 
It was so, an amazing last quarter. No, nah, he, he was awesome. Just based on the numbers alone. He's just genuinely it, awesome. Nah, he's it. Um, all right, now we've got a question about Jake Lloyd as well later, so we won't talk too much on him. Oh, okay. uh, and it's in relation to Harry Cunningham being injured. So yeah. Harry Cunningham copped an injury. It looks like he's going to be out with a groin injury for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there later mm-hmm. in the podcast. Um, now, is it... Oh, all right, all right. Okay. I've got an apology to make. Yes. I've, got, I've got an apology to make. Long, long-time listener, uh, Matt Mottram, sends in questions most weeks. He's a, he's a great bloke. We've spoken on Twitter before. I've got to apologize, mate. Now, I recommended, because we were... Uh, he, he asked for some recommendations on a defender to bring in as a POD, as a, a premium sort of guy. To replace Newman, I think it was. To replace Newman. Someone that wasn't too expensive. Uh, he couldn't go up to those top-line guys. Uh, now, I recommended Zach Jones over Caleb Daniels. And that hurts this week. I mean, it's unfortunate. There's a <laughs> how many points difference with that? About sixty points difference. Yeah, if if not more. Unfortunate, but it it literally would have been a flip of a coin going into the game as to which one you go with. And Zach Jones has had a great role this year. I've I've been super impressed with Jones's role. Um, Me too. Me and too. you know what's it? What's he averaging at the moment? I'm just bringing it up now. So he's averaging. Uh, 90.7, and that's including that fifth score in the 50s just this week. So I believe he was averaging close to 93.5 last week. Yeah. That is very, very solid, and he had a decent ceiling on him. But look, Having mate, that- wrong decision. Caleb Daniel was a gun this week. Apologies, mate, from the extended bench. Yep, I think you'd be... That's the last apology we'll ever give as well. I refuse to apologize in future for my terrible calls. I'd be quite comfortable hanging on to to Jones. I'd I'd hang on to him. I think he'll rebound quite nicely this week. I'll hang on to him. And I think that. Who have Sydney got this week? Oh, it's a very good question, which I can't answer right now. We'll uh, we'll, we'll bring that up later in the podcast. Give me a second. Um, But yeah, I'd be hanging on to Zach Jones. And just while you do that, uh, who was the player that you were trying to. They've got Essendon. They've got Essendon. Essendon give up some scores as well. Yeah, I'd be happy holding on to Zach Jones. Yeah. And it's a good game for him too because Essendon play fast and he is fast, so he it will actually suit him. He won't be caught out too, yeah. too much. Um, okay. Who was I going to mention? You were going to mention someone before I move on to the next um, game of the round? It was actually going to be Jones, and I was going to ask whether it's even worth our while talking about Heaney. Uh, no, it's not worth our while talking about <laughs> Heaney. I'm just not sure what's going on with Heaney. I wouldn't be comfortable with him in my salary cap side. He's not going to be top six at the nope. end of the year. Uh, to be honest, Sydney players in general just aren't looking particularly great. Um, yeah. that a couple of them have a good game every now and then. You know, yeah. Parker might have a good game one week. JPK might be down that week. They'll flip it around another. Zach Jones has been probably the most solid of, of the Sydney group. Yeah. Um, Papley's been solid, but he's a draft guy only. You know, there's there's Lloyd not much is the, is the solid yeah, exception. Yeah, there we go. So Lloyd, I always forget about Lloyd just because I don't worry about Lloyd. Yeah. Because he's just my number one defender every single week. Leave him there. Don't need to stress about him. If he goes up or down in price, who cares? Yeah. You should. You need Lloyd in your side. Um, all right. So on to the next game of the round, which was Bulldogs versus the Tigers. And Bulldogs slaughtered them. I did not see this coming. 145 to Josh Dunkley. Yeah, I, I, I was like, Oof. well, this could go either way. I did not see a 47-point win no, coming. No, no. So, and the scores were reflective of that. Now, Richmond have been giving up scores lately. And oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Josh Dunkley. Dunkley. Seriously. Luke Beveridge, if you could get your shit together <laughs> and notify fantasy coaches, we'd really appreciate it. Now, don't get me wrong. I love what you did in this game. You got the good players in the guts... Uh, for the most part, but 
Jeez. It's almost like when he they're sh- doing team selection, they just get a bunch of darts with names <laughs> written on it and then see where they end up on the field. Because week by week, who's going to play midfield is just like a lottery. All right, because Josh Dunkley at the moment is cheap as chips in the forward line. And there's a reason for that. He's 600, sucked. 606K? He has sucked so He's much. He's done nothing all year. Uh, and now he's gone out and busted out 145. Does that mean, after this incredible game, that he gets more specific midfield time? No. So, so we because you don't know where the dart's going to end up. So, yeah. So, can we? Can we? I know we can't trust Beveridge, but there's got to be a point at some stage that we have to because we need to pick some Bulldogs players. Do like we? Ca- well, Caleb Daniel, 125 was terrific, and he's looking he's close the to guy, a top six defender. He's the one guy that seems to actually have a set role. Bontempelli is someone that I still have in my salary cap team, me too. and he busted it's out 116. The shit out of me because he's all over the place. Um, yeah, I mean, Crozier has been terrific over the past couple of weeks, but that could he, have something to do with Suckling being he's out. Also as well. had because I've got him in a redraft. Mm-hmm. He's also been really bad for a couple of weeks before yeah. that. I mean, McRae. Uh, 99 this week. Do we even trust bringing him in later in the season if these are scores he's putting up? McRae. But he if could he go can... straight back into the role any particular week that he was playing before. Loose. If he can turn it around, he's the one guy I kind of would trust if he can put a couple of consistent weeks up. Yeah. Dunkley needs to do this for another couple of weeks before I'm sold, by which point you probably miss the boat price-wise. Because yeah. um, he's 605k, his break-even is 57. They've got Brisbane this week. But I'm not convinced Brisbane is the easy scoring team that they have been of previous years. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Um, so just quickly to touch on as well, I don't want to talk about Aaron Norton too much because it was a stellar game. This was incredible. Five goals, 14 marks. He was bloody everywhere. He's not doing this every week, guys. Richmond have a threadbare defense at the moment. Yeah, and remember, Norton had an awesome game in round one. Did nothing up until this game. Exactly. So don't be rushing to get Aaron Norton into no. your side. I mean, I don't. If he's not owned in the keeper league, I don't mind a stash because a, a he, keeper league with with deep a, keeps. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, you know, key forwards aren't particularly valuable in fantasy footy, but. There's two or three mm. in the competition that will do you know very well in fantasy football for draft leagues. So yep. Aaron Norm could develop into one of those guys. So for keeper owners, mm-hmm. not too bad an option. But I'm not looking at him anywhere else. Like <laughs> even redraft leagues, even as a streaming option, you just wouldn't know. Not unless they're coming <clears throat> against a team that doesn't have a tall defense. Yeah. So in the, in that case, if there's a key forward which, going up against t- the which Tigers, is pretty much the Tigers and the Bulldogs. Yeah, and to an extent, Gold Coast as well. Yeah, true. <clears throat> okay, so... Uh, Caleb Daniel? Yeah, Caleb Daniel. We've talk, talked about him a little. We've got questions about him later as well. Oh, okay, cool. We'll All I'm going to say then. is he's looking like a top six defender. Like, easily. Yep. He's yep. he's just an absolute I'd probably rather have him as a top six forward, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's true. Yeah, I think he, he would... Forward defender status would be incredible for the buys as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Un- Although un- he does have the first buy in round 12, which is putting a little bit of a dampener on my enthusiasm to get him this week. Yeah, true. Well, can you hold off a little bit and wait until after? Uh, that's a long time to wait, and he'll go up in price considerably. Yeah. Um, okay, so just quickly before we move on to the Tigers, uh, Liberatore. That was oh, awful. Jeez. Get him out of your cell. Like, we we what a- recommended people get rid of him last week. However, we both kept him in our sides because we wanted to get rid of other players who had either higher break-evens or costed more cash and we could make but for something me, better was, out of it. It was the scrimshaw management yeah. forced my hand. I had to move Whitfield on his results, yeah. so I couldn't um, do Libra as well. And I just needed to move Jack Steele out of my side because I couldn't deal with these 80s bringing his already high price down 
more quickly because Libba, at least he was mid-price. So if he puts up a 60 or a 70, he's not going to lose too much. And then he puts up a 39 yes. and you go out of my side this week, Libba. He's lost 37,000. His break-even is 128. He has Brisbane, who, as we said... Don't get me wrong, he's yeah. got great matchups coming up. Bulldogs have a couple of good matchups in a row, but I don't trust Libba and I don't trust Beveridge. He's out of my side. Yep, agreed. He, so he get is him out. the number one guy to move on this week. So 100%. all the guys that did badly this week, don't rage trade him unless they're liberal mm-hmm. he's yeah. the one that you can rage trade because he's done this for a couple of weeks now agreed um, okay so we'll move on to the Tigers and there's only really three guys I want to talk about from the Tigers and they're just the rookies yep. because they have mm. some good rookies in there Liam they Baker really has been doing very well and another 96 this week has been I super solid I actually had no idea he was doing this well I was just oh. like oh yeah another small forward rookie he's for been ex- He's been amazing. Oh, he's been exceptional. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's averaging 79. 379k now. He's only owned by 10% of the comp. So if you had him on your field, he was an excellent yeah. POD. Break even of zero. So he's got more money to make. He's too expensive now, I would suggest, to bring in. Yeah. But if you did bring him in, just pat oh, on the back. Yeah. Good well job. done. Good um, job. The uh, the second is Sydney Stack, who's been keeping some defenders al- defenses alive out there. Yep. Um, he's got a lot more money to make as well break with a break even, even of 19. 19. Yep. Um, and he's already 361k, so he's going to be up around low to mid 400s before you sell him. Yep. And the other one is Jack Ross, who's already made us a whole bunch of money. You can keep him for a while until Cochin comes back, break even a 15. I mean, it's all just, three of those are holds. All three are 100% holds, right up. I mean, probably all the way up to the buy, I would suggest. Yeah, May, I mean, maybe ditch one of them beforehand so you're not stuck with all three if you own them. Agreed, yeah. Uh, if you just own two out of Ross and Stack, which is more likely considering the ownership levels, keep them both till the buy. Keep them both, yeah. That's fine. And, and, yeah, until the buy or until Cochin comes back. Yeah. Um, and then Ross would be the one I'd be And with. I'm not talking about anyone else from Richmond. I think I'm moving on to the next game because Richmond suck at fantasy football. Um, Dusty Martin became a forward and I kind of had a little bit of hope. No. And Dusty Martin sucks. No. Even um, as a forward, he's not worth having in salary cap this yeah. year. Yeah, it's it's just awful to watch him at the moment on the footy field uh, because we know what he can do. We know how good he is. And it's just not good. And he was like this last year as well. So it's yeah. there's no use saying, yeah, Richmond have suffered injuries. Yeah, they had a full team last year and Dusty sucked at fantasy Well, the boy. fact that they've had injuries is the perfect opportunity for him to really step up and he has yeah. this year from um, a fantasy perspective. Exactly. All right, we'll get into the last Saturday game of the round before we break off into the second part of the podcast. So mm-hmm. this was West Coast versus the Suns. The Suns gave the, the Eagles a good scare <laughs> in the last quarter yep. and got within two goals, but Eagles kicked away at the end. Um, and the Eagles midfielders went huge in they this went game. Nuts. So Suns are definitely the sort of team that you want midfield players. So I think every uh, midfielder or every major midfielder for West Coast not only broke 100 but got over 115. So yeah, you had crazy. Yo with 146, Gaff 144, Shuey 128, Redden 120, and Dom Sheed 116. Sheed. Sheed, you Sheed. bastard. I moved Sheed on rather <laughs> than Libba last week. Oh, you son of a bitch. Um, After all that time of him sitting there stinking up my team. And he goes and busts out 116. And, and, and with, Libba did 39. With over 30 disposals as well. So it wasn't... And he had zero tackles in this match. Zero tackles. Regardless, I'm just frustrated. He's yeah. still not relevant. Yeah. I still think that West Coast <laughs> need to drop Chris Maston and just move Sheed onto a wing because he can rack up that uncontested ball and do significantly better than Chris Maston. Um, but but that's just because I'm a West Coast fan and I'm sick of seeing Chris Masson run around on the field. Yeah. Um, so, so Andrew Gaff is the key one there that I want to bring up. You and I both brought him in this week um, to pat ourselves on the back, and we both captained him, which was yep. probably the only reason we got 
a higher score over a lot of people who captain I mean, Dangerfield. Let's be honest, it's probably the only reason we're in a fit state to actually record the podcast. Yeah, we, we'd be drinking ourselves into a stupor if we if we don't. Yeah. So oh. he's owned by 5.8% of the competition in salary cap, so he's a massive point of difference. Break-even of 107. His upcoming fixtures, he's got St. Kilda, so mm-hmm. you think that... Well, Steel might go to I don't him think he will. or possibly to Shuey. Yeah, I think I, the thing about Andrew Gaff and the thing I really mm-hmm. like about him from fantasy... Runs. I mean, you know how much I talk about tags in fantasy footy. You know when I talk about O'Meara... Uh, we should do a segment Whitfield. each week, which is just you whinging about tags. Yeah. That's how much you talk Don't about Don't get me wrong, them. I love a tag. Teams need taggers in them. But yeah. O'Meara is the only one, the obvious one, who gets a tag in his team. Um, whereas with Andrew Gaff... I think that because Steele, that sort of tagger, is more of an inside contested player, He's more he a, needs to focus on Yo. He needs to focus on Luke Shuey, someone of, of that clearance ilk. tagger. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I think Shuey's the guy that he goes to personally. I guarantee that it'll be either Shuey or Yo, because Andrew Gaff would run Steele off his feet, just in terms of not, not speed, but endurance. Yeah. I think Steele would be Steel dead. Steele's a good runner, but he's not a Gaff runner. Um, there's not many in the competition who are, then no, again. But so, as you were said, he's got yeah. St. Kilda this week. You'd think he should do pretty well. Mm-hmm. He's got Melbourne the week after, who have been giving up heaps of points. Yeah. Um, Adelaide, yeah, sort of middle of the road, and then he's got the Bullies, so he's got a pretty good run coming up. Great run. Um, some of the other guys in there, uh, I mean, we've talked about the midfielders. I wouldn't be looking at any of those guys in salary cap again yet, like especially Yo. This is one good week. If he does it again over the next couple, yep. I don't mind bringing him in underpriced, but I've got to see some more. Yep, and then the defenders, Shepard had a... A, a better game, 88, yeah. not too bad. Yep. Hearn was down, but 79 is not Started the worst Started well, score. but then sort of slowed down a little bit. Uh, We're still on board with both defenders of Defenders don't tend to do particularly great against Gold Coast because the ball doesn't get down there as much. Yep. Um, so the midfield is definitely where you're going to score a lot of points, and the forward line against yep. Gold now, Coast. Petrocelli. Uh, yeah, get rid of him soon. Break even of 52. He's yep. averaging 61. He's another guy that does have the potential for of a good ceiling, mm-hmm. but he's 380k. He's made you he's some cash. He's already made you 210. I reckon this week or next week, you've got to get rid of him. Yep. If you want to hold him for one more week and see what he does against the Saints, that's fine. I think he'll yep. meet his break even of, uh, of 52, but he'll probably get around 60, and that break even will be getting closer to his average. Yep. So I don't mind getting rid of him next week. Same. Um, okay, so we'll move over on to the Suns. Uh, and we're some, done with the Suns. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> no, we had some solid scores. Draft yeah. guys, you know, Martin, Miles, Harbrow, they were all really good. Uh, our boy Fiorini was the one that was tagged by Hutchings. Mm-hmm. And I was actually impressed by how he fought through the tag. I mean, he had 76, which isn't great. So salary cap owners, people who brought him in as a POD would be filthy with that yep. choice. But... He's a young player. Um, he's he's got a seventy six against one of the best taggers in the comp. Um, I love how you're still spinning this as a positive. Oh, I, just because he's one of your boys. Well, well, the thing is, he was on forty points. I think he was on thirty eight points at half time. He was mm-hmm. on forty three points at three quarter time. Yeah. So he made nothing, and then he burst his way up to seventy six towards the end as they made their so, run. So he try he he really tried his heart out. I think he's going to still be a great fantasy player, but. It is starting to come to light that he's probably the one guy in there, apart from Jack Martin, that needs a tag. He's just that good at finding the ball. So you may find that they go to him now on. Uh, Is there anyone else we need to talk about from Gold Coast? Um, Are there any rookies on our rookie list? No. 
No, no, Gold, really. Gold Coast don't have much. Uh, Fre- they got Corbett. He's a slow burn. You don't need to do anything with him. Just leave him on your They're bench. a keeper league team, really. I mean, guys like Martin, Fiorini, uh, Ben Ainsworth, you know, these sorts of guys, they're great for deep keeper league owners just to see how they end up. You know, you've got to hold on to these guys. They're not doing yep. great now, uh, except with the exception of Fiorini and Martin, but, you know, they are going to be very good in the future, I suggest. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to break the podcast into here. So we'll be back in the second part uh, to go through the Sunday games. We're going to answer your questions off of Twitter. And we, as always, are going to play our favorite game, Risk It for the Biscuit. So make sure to download part two and join us then.